Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The View from 32, the 1932 Criterion Theater podcast. Today we have Gus Lacasse, local musician, songwriter, and fiddle player. Enjoy. All right, so we're at episode five of The View from 32, our uh, the 1932 Criterion Theater podcast. We've got Gus with us. Really happy to have you here, Gus. Thanks happy for taking here. the time. Thank you for having me. Um, this is going to be it's going to be fun. Looking yes. forward to it. Yes, it will. Um, so. We both went to the same high school. I'm like 100 years older, so I don't I don't remember you necessarily, but it's awesome to have you know a local uh, raised, born and raised musician here. Um, how have you been? What have you been up to? I've been good. Um, good. Just keep busy uh, playing mm. music when I can. Um, mm. On the music front, this summer, as a result of the pandemic, mm. I've been playing a lot of live streams and yeah. uh, private events. Mm. I've played the odd public show at the Fogtown Beer Garden. Oh, nice. That, up in Ellsworth? Yeah, up yeah. in Ellsworth. I've actually a little shameless promo. I know it's early, but yeah, yeah, I'm no, no, do no, it anyway. Good. It's good. Do it. Um, August 19, me and my buddy Matthias Kameen okay. are going to be playing there. Okay. And uh, yeah, just been a lot, a few gigs at the Fogtown Beer Garden. Been doing cool. a lot of live streams, private events. Awesome. And uh, I've also been doing... Um, stone masonry. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm an, a stone mason's apprentice right All now. Right. Uh, there's a local guitar player, Bowen Swerzy, mm-hmm. great guitar player, has really, really cool songs, and uh, he was the lead singer and guitar player for the Beat Roots. Mm. Uh, the one, they played Great yeah. Went, and they played all around Maine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a stonemason, so I'm working with him this summer as That's well. That's awesome. And uh, how's that been going? Are you enjoying it? I love it, actually. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like I would really like doing that. I've I've done some basic, you know masonry type work nothing i mean nothing professional just stuff around our house uh, in nashville where we came from and yeah. and uh, hopefully here soon but yeah it's really fun and you feel you feel good it's yeah, tiring it's, but it's a, when you get done it's a day, satisfying tiring yes though. you're like i built something today it's not like gar- like nothing no disrespect to gardening or anything but like no, no. with gardening you weed the bed and you know two days later that you're going to be back doing the same thing again yeah we're less with stone masonry like i find it's like, wow, we just did that. And like you work on it for six hours. It does, it feels small. Yeah. But then when you step away from it, it's like, yeah. whoa. And it's like, this is probably going to be here for 200 years. Yeah. That's the other thing that's cool. Yeah, especially making like, something that is going to remain forever. Kind of like music. I mean, that's why I think <laughs> recording is cool because you record a song and it's like, that's there forever. Yeah. It's never going away. You know, like my kids and my grandkids, they'll hear that someday. And it's a really it's cool, cool thing. Yeah. And like, Especially with Stone Masonry has a lot to, like with music, like mm. there's a lot of passing down. Like mm. I'm learning these techniques from from Bowen, who learned right. them from somebody else, and yak 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 back back and yeah. And you guys probably have a lot in common too on the musical front, to just because yeah. you have a lot of time to talk to, probably you know working and we do chatting. We, and we've also played a few shows together. Um, oh nice. We we actually met at first purely on a music basis. Okay. okay. It was like. I was playing an open mic uh, on the last episode you had Peter Lindquist. Yeah. And uh, me and Peter Lindquist were playing an open mic, one of the Monday ones at mm-hmm. Sips in Southwest Harbor. Okay. Yeah. And um, we were playing and Bone was in the crowd and I met, we, we met and we were just chatting right quick. And that night he has his Stone Poet publications and okay. he has a blog and he said like, hey Gus, uh, I'd like to, I'd love to have an interview with you. Uh, can mm-hmm. we sit down and chat? And I'm like, yeah, let's nice. sit down and chat. And then that started a friendship and we got, we got playing music together. Mm-hmm. And um, it was this 
I kind of the stone maze thing kind of happened on accident, yeah. honestly, because like it was about May. Mm-hmm. My courses, my online courses, have all wrapped up. I'm, right. a, I'm a university student at the moment. Okay. Um, and yeah, my courses finished up, and I was looking for a job, and me, me and Bone were in touch. Like yeah, like. Uh, I was just, it like, hey, do you know of anything around? Or? I, I was more like, hey, I applied for this. Oh, okay. And like, he's like, don't take that. <laughs> don't take that. And Come like, work with me, dude. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I was like, okay, I'm looking for other alternatives. This is, ver- this is the verbatim quote, bring boots, pants, and some gloves, and I'll give you an alternative. <laughs> then after day one, it was just, you're, it, was, it was on. I love it. it. It was great. I love it. Yeah, in high school, I worked for an a arborist company doing tree work and stuff. And it was, again, super random. Mm. My mom was like, hey, there's this guy who needs help doing tree stuff. And I was oh, like, oh, man. I don't know anything about that. But it was cool. I, you get to go on, like, the cranes and stuff and go well, up well, higher? What do you do? No, more just, like, you know, you're cutting down trees with a chainsaw, just, you know, clearing stuff, throwing brush and a chipper. It's 90 degrees outside and you're wearing long <laughs> sleeves, you know, get torn up. And, uh, but it's, again, you get home at the end of the day and you're just wiped out. But if you feel good, cause you're like, I did, I, I, I did stuff today. Cause I mean, now a lot of people, not a lot of people just sit and stare at a screen all day for eight hours a day, looking at a computer working and it's so tiring and you get done with the day and it's like, I don't even know what I did today. <laughs> like mm. you, you're, you're doing stuff, but it, you don't have that sense of, of like physical accomplishment. And so, yeah, in a way I kind of miss doing, doing that kind of work where you're working with your hands. I, I like that. And I do a lot of woodworking and stuff and it's just fun. Uh, yeah. Woodworking too. Like it's so finesseful. I'm, it I, is. I've always a great appreciation for like woodworkers and like, do you, do you do much like carving and like? I don't do a ton of or? carving, but yeah, like uh, furniture or things for our home that we need. You know, if we need uh, a side table or a shelf that's just the right dimensions, or and I've done some bigger stuff too, some big, you know, tables and uh, you know, built-in cabinets with benches and stuff. And it's it's fun to you know, you start with this empty space. Again, like music or stonemasonry, you start with this empty space and then you build something, and it's like this will be around for probably a long time. Oh yeah, and it's cool. And uh, someday in a hundred years when somebody's like, ew, why would you choose this and rip it out of the wall? Then it's uh, history. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. Um, so I just, I enjoy it. Um, so you went to MD high school. Yes. And what, what made you start wanting to play the violin? So the violin for me started when I was about, I want to say it was, it was grade one. Okay. I, I went to Trenton Elementary. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first few years of elementary school. Okay. And then I went to the base school. But yeah. I started Trenton, and I was just walking down the hall one day. And uh, if you're familiar with Trenton Elementary, yeah. like you walk down the, the younger grades, and then it comes right in the cafeteria. Okay. Yeah. And the cafeteria had a wall up dividing it in two. On one side was the music room, mm-hmm. and on the other side was the cafeteria. Right. And I was walking through the cafeteria part, and you can hear everything that's going on in the music room because it, yeah. there's no ceiling. Right. So I heard uh, somebody playing violin, mm. who, and I'm like, whoa. I go in and see somebody from my class playing violin. I'm like, whoa, it's so cool. Yeah. And I go home, like, that <laughs> night, and... I'm like, Mama, Dad, I want to play violin. I want to play violin. I didn't call it fiddle then. I called okay, it yeah. violin. I was like, violin, violin. Ah. That weekend, I, yeah. we were on the car to Bangor to get kitted out with my first instrument. All right. And uh, I, I started a lot with like Suzuki method. Yep. 
as totally it, it's a good foundation it like, is it is yeah i mean not all the stuff is the funnest to play but it's a very good foundation right it's and true it's funny because so i don't mean to interrupt you i no, go ahead i played violin from first grade till eighth grade mm-hmm. um for eight years and i was never very good <laughs> uh but it was I don't know. My grandfather played the violin, and he had an old. Vi- he had like 20 old violins under his bed, and uh, when I when I was first starting, he was like, "Yeah, go pick one out." And so I just like was looking through them, and I was like, "I like this one." And so, because in first grade, they're just like, "Does anybody want to play an instrument?" And it was like, "You got like violin or cello when you're younger." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll play the violin." And I just started, and that probably is what made me love you know playing guitar later in life too. But uh, yeah, I was super familiar with the Suzuki books, mm. um, and it, it, yeah, it, they're great and they're also frustrating at the oh, same yeah, time. So yeah, <laughs> like there, there's like, I mean, it's a great thing, like we said, for mm-hmm. teaching the fundamentals it and technique. But like, you must follow those fundamentals yeah. of the, like what is written there. You are playing it. Yeah, like, exactly. And I that don't went get on. creative. Don't yeah. get creative. No, 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 just no. play the book. Yeah, yeah, just play the book. Like, and that I, that continual I played a lot more my first sort of things with like playing the fiddle the violin mm-hmm. was was classical music yeah and like what i listened to as a result was a lot of classical sure. music and well it's a good baseline too to, to learn again the fundamentals of how sure. it all works yeah yeah and and when i was about like between 10 and 12 we'll say yeah my mom had this cd of this band called Vishten. okay and she said, hey, Gus, have a listen to this. Because at the time, playing a lot of classical music, yeah. I listened a lot. She didn't want me to become a music snob. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, fine. And yeah. then listen to it. I believe Vistan's also played in Bar Harbor. They've, okay. they've come to yeah, the it sounds C- super familiar. Gates I'm going to have to look them up when we get the out of here. Acadia Trad School. And nice. Yeah. Uh, I listened to that record. She put it in the car radio. Yep. And it stayed in that car radio for like a year. <laughs> like every car ride is listening to it. Now are you somebody that hear that did you want to learn how to play that? Well, once I'd heard it, yes. Yeah. And like I'd learned some songs off that record and mm-hmm. that's really what's it got the snowball spinning down the hill right. for trad music. Totally. Then my the way I approached the instrument changed, so like the mm. style mm-hmm. of how I held the bow say changed. My 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 uh, attack was different. Yep. And um, and it got to a point later that I, I started out as like, we can call it a classical fiddler, a person sure. who approached fiddle music like a classical right. musician. Then I, at the end of it, I was a fiddling classical player. Mm. And the two styles, like for myself, they, they didn't really, like the approach was difficult. Yeah, so well, I, it's almost a separate, I mean, it's not a separate instrument, but it's almost a separate way to play the instrument all together yeah yeah it's great it's like acoustic guitar and electric guitar it's like piano versus regular piano. yeah it's like different instruments oh yeah yeah and it was it was fun and Mm. i was really then it's like i think i'm gonna go full trad traditional music and i did and uh no looking back yet that's awesome classical music still serves as a like to listen to is a great inspiration yeah like yeah whenever i'm writing something or Mm. like there's it's great for when I'm like if I want to write something I'll have a listen it's like it's like oh it's got it gets the brain flowing oh totally then, yeah now do you are you more of a music reader or play by ear kind of guy ear ear yeah. I started out like 
where well classical music so it's just yeah. you are you're not playing a thing by ear. right you're doing all you see that you're yeah. playing it. exactly and i had trouble with that too because oh. i and i don't i haven't played the violin in yeah. 20 years i if i picked one up i would sound like a five-year-old but yeah i i played all by ear you know sixth seventh eighth grade when i was trying to you know branch out from the the books because I'm all by ear, and even because I play the guitar now, I'm still all ear. I just can't read music. I, I get that, and it's like you get to the point too, where like I found I did anyway toward around the time of the transition. Like mm. the, the sheet music was there. I had, me and my teacher had written all over it. Yeah, but I was still like I'm pretending to read this. It's yep. in here. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> well, you just kind of feel it, you know. And once you've heard it enough, you know exactly where it's going to where you don't need to read it. Um, now. If somebody stuck a piece of sheet music in front of you, could you knock it out? Um, I don't think I'd say knock it out, but <laughs> it would be a it would be a slow dribbler down the foul line. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, understandable, understandable. Yeah, it's, That's it's awesome. It's just tricky because like I mm -hmm. never really did like once I switch over, I most of my stuff like I learned by ear. Yeah. Um, even when I write songs, yeah. like a fair deal of them have still yet to be written. Okay, like, so you you basically paper. write and just remember what you're playing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then like with that too, it kind of you can kind of go grateful dead with it. Yeah. In terms of like they there's a like you they you they play the same songs at at every show but they right. play it differently. It's, exactly. So like it's it's kind of like that too. Well, and that's the thing. You wrote it, so if you play it a little bit differently every time, it's like it's my song and do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. So when you when you write, um, you it's kind of by ear. Do you use any sort of um, guitar or anything when you write or is it pretty much all just fiddle when you when you're writing i'd say mostly on the fiddle mm. um i play mandolin as well oh nice i mean i'm not a fantastic mandolin player now mandolin i'm i don't play man my wife is great at mandolin but it's it's the same yeah, strings that's right that's why i started Which, playing okay. mandolin <laughs> that's what i thought i just i didn't want to sound stupid no no it's great okay and like i like i, I can like plunk out like one song on good on the top two strings of a guitar sure <laughs> like yeah but in mostly it's the fiddle mm. that i use um and the mandolin okay nice so how did you we again we chatted with peter last week how'd you guys start playing together because i know I, I listened to some of your stuff on youtube and it was awesome hearing the Thank guitar you. with the fiddle together so how did you guys get you know connected and start doing shows so um this is a funny story <laughs> we did our first show for a uh, halftime at a roller derby. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Let <laughs> that's, me, ex let that's me explain. That's unique. Yeah. So, we have a mutual friend called uh, Chuck Whitney. Okay. He's a local musician. He also builds his own, like, flutes. Oh, and, nice. Um, stuff like that. And uh, Chris Gray and Jim Gray okay. are also two local musicians. And um, I played trad music with them mm -hmm. when I was young. I was, like, 11 or 12. Yeah. And, like... Dang. Yeah. And we, Chuck, we all have a mutual friend who's a harp player mm. who's also a roller derby person. And she. That's, a, again, super unique person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A harp roller derby person. That's awesome. It was just I the love it. wildest thing. She's like, yeah. hey, you want to play halftime? It's like, okay, um, we'll play halftime. We'll play some tunes. It's like, you're going to play Wipeout. 
<laughs> you know that one because how f- yeah. how fitting to you be. have to yeah and they're like da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah it's just you need it yeah so then we had like it was one of those things we had like one practice for it mm-hmm. um and peter was going to be the guy with the stratocaster who would just rip the solo on wipeout right but the thing is too we never actually told him what we were <laughs> What we were playing for. We never told him we were going to So he play. didn't know he was playing halftime at a roller derby no, show. not at he all. He just knew he had a gig. He knew he was playing at the Cross <laughs> Center. And, and we go in, and he sees all these lines of tape on the floor. And he's like, what, what's this? Like, it's like, oh, we're playing halftime at a roller derby, man. You didn't, we didn't tell you? It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. But we're here now. And Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. And yeah. we did it and fell out of contact a little bit. And... It was a few years later. I had a, I have a regular show when um, when pandemics aren't raging throughout yeah. the country. Yeah, uh, the and world. hosing everyone's live shows. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. when things are normal, we'll say. Yeah. Um, I uh, have a regular show for a tourist group at the Asku okay. in in Northeast Harbor. Yep. And. That's a nice spot to play. Oh, it's a great yeah. spot to play. And Beautiful. That, right in that side reading room there. Oh, yeah. to go through the lobby there. And yep. I play, like, for, this would have been my seventh year playing okay. that. I got that when I was in, like, grade six. Dang. And, <laughs> and That's amazing. Thanks. And, yeah, yeah. We, it was a fun time. I'd play the show one night, and Peter was there. He, we had, he had just gone. Mm. I was just going out. He was just coming. I was like, hey, like, What's up? Great yeah. to see you again. Like it's been it's been a few years at this point, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, what's your info here? Let's keep in touch. Yeah, and um, and then we reached out again. Mm. I was like, hey, I need a guitar player for this gig, and then it turned into a lot of gigs. Yeah, and it turned into an album, and we played it's a kind lot. Of kind of random, like you weren't planning on doing yeah album we, or anything and i learned some of his stuff we co-wrote some things nice and it was good fun do you find it easier to write co-write with somebody who's playing guitar while you're playing fiddle or is it Ooh. is it more challenging that way um i think for me when i write personally mm. yeah, yeah like i can co-write and i enjoy co-writing yeah. with people but i find that i'll play with somebody and then i'll like if i'm improvising the chords I'll take an idea that I played mm-hmm. later on and do it like full round with oh, it more gotcha. on my own. So yeah. it's it's a kind of like a co-writing thing. But sure, it's like, but, but it's you like, get ideas that you can use in other places too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. That's cool. And that we we did a lot of that. A lot of tunes were written in that time. Mm. Um, and like I said, we recorded a record. It's on iTunes. It's called Forgotten Dream. Cool. And we'll stick uh, a link in the video description for yeah, you guys yeah, too. For yeah, for sure. Sweet. Um, now. In terms of writing, and you, you kind of mentioned uh, that that CD that was in the car for a while, but who, who are your influences for violin? Who do you look up to? Who do you kind of want to play like, I guess? It's a real cornucopia, I'd say, mm. of uh, playing influences for me because gotcha. like a lot of the old trad guys, mm-hmm. I definitely admire their writing and stuff. The yeah. guy who sort of kicked it off, the fiddler for Vistem, was a guy called Pascal Muse. Mm. And I get to learn a lot of tunes from him. Nice. And that was a big influence. Yeah. Uh, I'd also say it's not just like one genre. Yep. Like, I'd which say is great. I mean, it it really broadens your ability when you can listen to multiple too. Which is really like, uh, Stefan Grappelli. 
the jazz violinist. Okay. Huge influence. Love his stuff. Okay. Um, Yasha Heifetz on the classical side of mm. things. A fantastic influence as well. And like Jean-Luc Bouncy and mm. all types of stuff. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Do you it's not even like violinists who I seek as influence musician-wise. Like right. pre-gig, I listen. It's, it's pre-game ritual to listen to Rush. Okay, nice. And like, <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. Like different stuff. Like Rush. There's Rush in there. There is salsa in there. Okay. There is jazz. There is Martin Garrix. There's EDM. There's reggaeton. There's every like you name. I it. love it. So when you get when you get in your car to drive somewhere, who what do you what do you put on your Spotify or iTunes? What who's your, who are some of your favorite bands to just kind of rock out? To? Rush. Rush. I love Rush. Um, I mean, you can't beat Neil Peart. No, you can't. Yeah. Neil Per and like, uh, I love Alex Lifeson's guitar lines. Yeah. Oh, and, totally. I mean, they're just so good. Yeah. Um, it's been well, a- and it's getting harder and harder to find bands that use real instruments in their songs. Like when you turn on the radio now, like the new hit whatever radio, it's just mm-hmm. like, what is this? <laughs> it's crazy because I was I was in grade school in the '90s, and you get on the bus, and it's like Third Eye Blind and Matchbox Twenty and and all that, and so I turn on like. And in my mind, you know, it's still the 90s when it comes to music because that's pretty much all I listen to. Um, I love 90s music. I love acoustic kind of driven music. But, yeah, I turn on this music and I'm like, ugh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't do the new age kind of stuff. I mean, there's a, the thing is, like, when you just look at it purely from a, hey, that sounds good. Oh, like, it and, sounds incredible. And musically there, like, it's... It's not like I can excuse the machinery because it sounds sure. Good. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it really does sound amazing. And I mean, technology's gotten to the point where you can pretty much make the entire thing on a keyboard. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a robot with an algorithm who's yeah. going to come up with the next well, top exactly. 40s hits. And yeah. the, but, but the other cool thing is too is that like I know that there's some engineer and producer that are writing these incredible songs that are I mean being listened to by millions and millions of people. And so it's still a form of art it's just it's so different from you know how I grew up and the music I listened to growing up you know my dad was super into like the Eagles and you know Ario Speedwagon and the 80s kind of like big rock band kind of thing super guitar driven and and yeah. so yeah it's just it's way different now to listen to music but yeah uh Rush is Rush has been up there for they, me yeah they're they're fantastic recently too there's been a lot of like Strome is a French guy, okay, a Belgian never... guy who okay. does a lot of music in French. And I listen to uh, Chronix is a right. reggae guy. It's it's just oh wait, wait. I think I've heard of that guy. Chronix, he did. A, I need I need to look him up again because it's good stuff. I, yeah, like it's just all over the place. Like, That's good though, kind of an eclectic. Even even local acts like I listen mm-hmm. to Blake Rosso's record Forest Avenue a lot, mm. or. Um, I had ghosts of Paul Revere playing and like just tons of tons of tons of just random stuff. Yeah. It could be Indian classical music (laughs) that comes up on my playlist. I'm a listener. And it's like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, my, when you hit shuffle, you were really hitting shuffle on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. That's awesome. Um, 
So you mentioned that you were a university student. Yes. What do you study? I'm a political science and geography ma double major. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. What do you want to do someday with, with that? Do you, kn do you know yet? Because I, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in college, honestly. Um, honestly, I think to have the preparation to be able to do stuff with a non-governmental organization would be okay. very important, mm. especially giving um, the growing amount of influences that uh, or influence that non-governmental organizations have yeah. when it comes to policy, when it comes to uh, being in the public view and yep. uh, shaping information totally. and truth and what is truth, what isn't truth. Mm. And um, it's, I think, to be able to have the tools to work for that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it's early yet, though. Like, I, True. It, what, what year in school are you? I'm going to be beginning my second year. Okay. In, yeah, um, so not even halfway there yet. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's definitely, I, I have a real interest in the politi in politics and the political yeah. scene and uh, international politics. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on right now. It's crazy, man. It's a, it's a very... It's a crazy... What a time to learn, like... It's true. I'm, well, I'm very happy, like, though it's dystopian what's going on, mm. it is a great time as a student of politics to see, like, how it's been, how this is a complete mm. paradigm shift from it what is. the world is used to politically. Well, and, and, I mean, in 80, you know, 50, 80, whatever years, people are going to be studying this moment in history, and, and you're getting to learn, you know, in this moment in history, like, what, yeah, what's actually happening. Because it's... It is. It's crazy right now, and then yeah. nobody knows what's going to happen. And even with this, you know, the whole COVID thing and and everything that's going on right now, it's it's been it's been nuts. It's been very nuts, <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it's a it's a very interesting time. Mm. And probably a lot of your learn. professors are like, I mean, exactly. I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening either. This is not the norm, and so let's figure it out together. Like, yeah, it's it's not the old like way of it's. It's not, well, how do I want to word this? I think for the first time in a long, long time, the real, one of the biggest pieces of thought that's really coming on the forefront is populism. Yeah. And this is a very interesting time to learn about populism. Mm. And it's, it's, it's ugly in some ways, mm. and in other ways it's used to rally people. And it's such a broad term that's being thrown around that's on all true. sides. Yeah. And I mean, I have my personal beliefs mm. on, on this, the state of things right now. Sure. And I think that I can't really think the way I think without approaching it from a populist perspective. Mm. I understand that. Like, yeah. I think populism is rife throughout world politics right now. Mm. American politics, especially sure on yeah. both left and right. I mean, sure. this is a music and podcast, even even growing. Uh, but yeah, no, but yeah. it's fine. I, I we can chat about whatever. But even yeah. in in Europe's politics too, I feel like it's kind of gaining ground a little bit over there too with with some of the candidates. And it's been yeah, a really interesting shift in the whole political system that yeah. we have right now. It's but yeah, it's a very interesting time to learn from yeah. a very dystopian time. Yeah, what a, what a crazy time to be a political science major yeah. in school right now. Yeah, because even even five years ago, if six years ago, whatever, it, everything was pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... For the, I mean, generally speaking, it, yeah. In, in, if you would have said in five years that there was this, you know, going to be a global pandemic that was 
crushing the economy. Jesus, man, like the, a week before, I didn't even think it was going to be. Like I, I know. I'll tell you, like I was, I, I go to university in Newfoundland. Oh in dang! Saint, in okay. St. John's, Newfoundland. So nice. on the edge of the continent, it's the yeah. easternmost city in North America. Okay. And it must be gorgeous up there. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come visit. Uh, like, I want to. Yeah, yeah, man. Like when when things get all like uncrazy pop on yeah, up we'll see like, when that is <laughs> yeah but anyway like it's just one of those things where um like we were i'll give you an example it was a wednesday night mm-hmm. and me and my friends were all just sat around we're still making snide jokes about like sure oh that coronavirus there yeah, and like the, the rona and it was like but it was more like we weren't joking about it because it was there. It's like, that's never going to happen. Like, I hear from all my right. – I'm in touch with my friends <laughs> yeah. back in the United States. Yeah. And they're all, like, getting – like, I'm like, guys, what's up with this toilet paper thing? Yeah. Like, are you for real right now? Yeah. Like, it's like China has a virus going on right now, and now I can't buy toilet paper. What's happening? And I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. And, like, so that was on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Thursday, the next day, a school in Ontario, Laurentian – Laurentian University at Sudbury, Ontario, announced mm. that they were going to be sending kids home, and I'm like, we're like, there's no way, yeah. like this is happening. And then, yeah. and then, like that Sunday night, like after the coming days, it was like, oh, we're going online. I was yeah. out Monday morning. You're right. It did it happen like, so like fast. Like I remember I was at, I was sitting in my office. This was back in Nashville. I was sitting in my office because I we just moved up here, uh, well back here like three months ago, right in the thick of it. Um, but I was sitting in my office and this was, it was right when it was kind of, it was like, should we, should we, you know, stop international flights? What should we do? And, uh, and then I remember reading like, oh, the NBA just canceled their entire season. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like, I mean, it's mil- millions, if not billions of dollars. I, just say, like, and I remember the same thing, like when the NHL, yeah, because like it, I was in class and, <laughs> and Everybody gets the same. Anybody who has CBC News on their phone gets the alert. Oh, right. NHL canceled. Oh my God, they just canceled the like, season. That's a like, huge. That was a huge deal, mm. and we didn't really know what was going on. You know, obviously, and I don't think anybody did. I think it was kind of a just, hey, let's be safe and just can't. It's a big decision, obviously, but that it was just crazy. And then more and more and more and more and more stuff kept getting shut down and canceled and moved and. And it was like, what is going on? It seemed like two weeks, and it was just... It was like a day. It was insane. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I just... It was just surreal. Like, mm-hmm. I got back... Excuse me. I had to fly to get to Newfoundland. I uh, took five hours to Fredericton, and okay. then two flights. Yeah. And my, my parents, like, they had planned this vacation in Newfoundland in, in like, December. Yep, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna see Gus. It's gonna be great." And it's yeah. like, and then, like, mission go see Gus and hang out turned into mission get him the hell out. Right. So Seriously. Like, when we got to the border by car, the one up at Holton on, in Woodstock. Yeah. Like, we got the alert on our phones. The border's closed. Like, it's we got. Did you have trouble getting back? We didn't. Or was it like, early we, enough? Like it was early enough. Like we were in the queue. So they were going to let us back. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was just like, wow. <laughs> we, we timed that. Like, yeah. And totally. It, it's just been a remarkable, remarkable year when you look at, like, I mean, 
it started like January second. We had World War Three and like <laughs> I know dumb people doing dumb things. Yep. And then there was, I mean, when Neil Peart died, that was I thought that was the last straw right. for 2020. Right. But then Kobe, then COVID, then it's just one thing after the other. Then this Beirut thing. I know. It's just been one thing Third after another. Third largest explosion. Whatever. Ever. Yeah. So like Hiroshima and Nagasaki are the first two. Yeah. Then Beirut. Then Halifax. And it's just like, yeah, I saw some of the stuff, you know, on the news and it's just like, it looked like a movie. It didn't even look real. Oh yeah. It's, and it's been interesting too. Like I have friends from Lebanon yeah. and been seeing on their, on their social media is like, everybody's just like, wow. Like, like seeing all the videos and like sharing like, wow, this just happened. Yeah. And people are the generosity has arisen out of it. Like people are opening up also their houses yeah. to people. And yeah, it's, it'll be, it's an interesting time. And I mean, I'll be interested to see And it's been with 2022, like we've had to go online as musicians. Yeah. So it's been really interesting to see like what's been done. There's been a 2020 as crazy as it's been there's been a lot of good art created as well there there has it's true it, it really is it's been a time that people have well they have more time to dedicate to it and there's a lot more you know motion and a lot more uh stuff to write about and stuff to you know or shoot about or paint about or whatever whatever the case may be whatever your art form of art is but it's true yeah. it really is um yeah and like all the new records like fish put out a record yeah Bob Dylan put out this like 18 minute song about John F. Kennedy's assassination. Oh, dang. I haven't even, I haven't seen that. It was long. It It was 18 minutes. I need to check it out. (laughs) That's that's awesome. That's a long song. It was long and like, it was 18 minutes and. (laughs) How long was it? No. So in terms of touring, playing out, um, or have you done have you done a lot of touring stuff? Or I know coronavirus is kind of ruining everyone's jam right now. But uh, before this was happening, were you traveling? And then you know after this is over, whenever this might be over, what's next for you? Um, I did a lot of shows out of state. Like um, I, I've done shows all across New England. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple in upstate New York. Okay. Um, a few shows across the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I was a part of a young people's touring group that was based out of Burlington, Vermont, and we went down the west coast of Ireland. Uh, that must have been incredible. It kind of was. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was great. We started. <laughs> we started in Donegal, and we played our way all the way down Dingle, and Kerry. Nice. It was. It was. It was deadly. Yeah. And like. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have wanted to leave. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> like, there was a lot of good music to be had. It was. Yeah fun peeps i'm still in touch with quite a few of them that's cool and now yeah. was it a, was it fiddle players or was it a, a kind of a little bit of everything mostly fiddlers um i'd say you had fiddlers you had a couple pianists mm-hmm. a guitar player a lot of a few multi-instrumentalists mm-hmm. they made us all sing okay and nice would you are you a singer too do you sing like do you i enjoy sing it? backup okay and I'm not, I'm not a confident singer I'll admit it that way. Like car jams, I'm screaming. Super but, confident. But if yeah. there's people there, I'm like, 
I jump back sure. like into my like I, I'm I'm a little f- I'm a little shy when it comes to singing a sure. front line in front of an audience at the gotcha. moment. But hopefully I'll overcome that bump. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And honestly, I mean, you're still a young guy for having played for so many years. And so yeah, I think you'll you'll get to the point where you'll have like one experience where you sing like solo. Yeah. And then you'll feel amazing about it. And then you'll, you'll, ride be, you'll the be good waves. to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be good to go. Um, so in all your travels, do you have any, uh, I've been, I've been, we've been asking every, all the artists that have been on, uh, cause musicians always have the best road stories. Do you have any good, any good road stories, any good tour stories, any, anything that, that happened that was just like, that was so unique, so crazy. Ooh. And if you need to think about it for a second, we like, can, like I can what, just, what I, I just, just so I know, like, what type of road stories yeah. did they so, tell? So uh, Bobby had one where she said that she was playing a show in front of a bunch of people, and everyone started laughing and pointing and getting their phones out and taking pictures, and the bass player's pants fell down. Uh-huh. And he didn't pull them back up. And he was just playing bass with his pants down. Um, and then uh, we had uh, Mark Cantor on, and he was telling us a story that uh, they were doing a show up in northern Maine somewhere, and he got in, the, they had like a little portable sauna in the room and he closed himself in the portable sauna. He was like, I took all my clothes off, got in the sauna and I was just chilling. I was tired. And my bandmates came in, unplugged the sauna and pushed me down into the main lobby and just left. And I'm in a portable sauna without my clothes on. And so he was like, I had to get out and sprint back to my room. And yeah, so just nothing that epic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have yeah. nothing that epic, um, which is <laughs> that's probably good. No, it isn't. Like, <laughs> like that's uh, that sounds like wild. Well, yeah. Like, well, that's that's what I said. I was like, that's that's what good friends are for doing <laughs> doing that to you. And now, I mean, he has a great story to tell about it. I suppose I got a gig story. So it was the year uh, the Elmion was this big French battleship. Okay. That they refurbished, and um, because of, like, I'm a fiddle fiddle player, mm-hmm. they had me, and they also had um, a bunch of other music going on. Mm. It was a, it was a big thing because like they had people from the French government who were there. They had yeah both local and national officials from Maine, mm. and. There was it was cool, yeah. But, so the Hermione, Elmion Hermione played this like made its trip starting from France, okay, and all the way up the East Coast. It w- went to uh, went to Nova Scotia as well, mm-hmm. and went back to France, right? okay. Brittany, and um, my slot was booked right when the boat was coming in, okay. So it was, and it, the boat's huge, mm. like massive boat. And I'm playing, everybody's in the tent. Everybody's just, everybody's clapping. People are dancing and doing mm. their thing. Everybody's digging the music. Yeah. And then me, and I was playing with a guy called Jim Prendergast. He's a guitar player. Um, he's a studio based out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Nashville okay. veteran. Okay. He uh, did nice. Garth Brooks's first record. Nice. And I recorded my first record with him. Okay. It's like cool. 13 or 14. And we played this thing. Mm. And we were playing, and I look 
and everybody was sat down. Yeah. And then we get in the jam, and I hear this rustling. And I look up, and there's, like, my mom and another person <laughs> left in the audience. And I'm like, <laughs> and like, where the hell did everybody go? And the boat came in. So they all ran to see the boat, empty place. <laughs> How long did it take you to realize? Was it, like, thir- like a, few se- a few minutes or, like, 30? Even, like, 10 seconds is probably you're playing in front of a bunch of people, and then you look up, and there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was like, it was like boom. Full, nobody. And like, did you stop playing or did you keep going? Well, you kind of have to. And yeah. this big, huge boat comes in and like, it's like, it's like, yeah, you, you cool. I can keep playing, but nobody's listening. Like, so I was like, I was just like, Jim, like, put your stuff down. We're yeah. gonna go look at this boat. <laughs> It, That's amazing. It was just the weirdest. You said thing. your your mom was still left though. Yeah, mom, mom was there and listening. <laughs> I hope she liked it. And yeah, <laughs> and we. It was just one of those things where me, like after the show, like me, Jim, and mom, we were talking like, never play when a huge Old historic group, boat, yeah, yeah, is coming into Castine Harbor. That's like, amazing. <laughs> I suppose, like, that's the one that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's probably more, but... Well, I, yeah, as soon as you leave, you're like, oh, I remembered another exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. with When you're when you're playing on the... There's so many just weird experiences with, with playing out places. Because, I mean, musicians travel more than the average person. And so, right. you know, you meet tons of different people. And so mm-hmm. many things can just go wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, so many things can go wrong. And, like, even it's, like, it doesn't quite... Go things that don't like go wrong, but are just funny. Right, exactly. Like, I had a show up in uh, at this old church. Sp- speaking of refurbished old things, yeah. <laughs> there's this church called uh, that's actually now a cultural museum. It's called mm-hmm. the Musée Catholique de Mont Carmel, okay. uh, cultural museum of Mar- Mount Carmel. Okay, it's up in Lille, Maine. All right, it's a uh, Lille is a little village in Saint David. Okay. Like basically Canada, basically Canada. Yeah. You can see Canada. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure a large portion of the crowd came from New Brunswick to see sure. the show, and it's it's an old church. So like, yeah. uh, and I'm there rip fiddle tunes. Yeah, so I'm there, and I played this song like called Devil's Dream, and I hear I'm going and I'm going like with the feet like, yeah, and just play and then. I hear this boom and I look back and there's this like broken crucifix. <laughs> Devil's dream broke the, yeah, <laughs> broke de- the church. Yeah. I, I broke, I done be breaking a church and it's like, and then a string broke later. Like I just, I broke three strings that show. Like it's because you that, played devil's. I, I had to church. do it. I had to do it. The song's a banger and it had to. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it yeah yeah so i suppose those are yeah. a couple that i can think of off the top of my mind no those, that's good it, i yeah. i can picture in my mind you like in the zone playing the, the fiddle with like everyone there and then like looking up and like it just gets slower and slower until you stop and you're like hey mom <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things like i was jamming on and i see i hear the band i look over and it's like And then the the string breaks, song ends, I just broke a crucifix. (laughs) Metal crucifix. That had probably been up for hundreds of years. (laughs) 
that's that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so many things can happen on the road. It's crazy. I mean, there's just so much room for anything to happen. Yeah, literally, and like you said, it doesn't even have to be something that's going wrong. It's just like the unknown, I did that the right, unknown. and it yeah. broke a crucifix. Yeah, the unknown. You just never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. So, Gus, thank you so much for chatting with us for a bit. Thank you. Um, really looking forward to uh, hearing you play. Thank and, you. I mean, you're a young guy, so we're looking forward to, you know, seeing what you do next and seeing what's coming next for you in your life. And I'm sure there'll be m many other albums and a lot of other performances. And hopefully we'll get we'll get you on the Criterion stage when this whole craziness is over. We would, we would be honored by that. So Thank you very much. Thanks yeah, for having me, Taylor. Be great. No problem. Sure Let's thing. dip out. We'll hear you play some songs, and right. we'll go from there. Wicked. Ciao. Thanks.
tunes I'm going to play um, is a couple jigs and then some reels. Uh, the first one's called Babies in the Basement by a Vermont fiddler called Chris Cragg. And after that, I'm going to be playing a tune of mine called uh, Helicopter in the Yard. And then after that, we're going to go into a couple reels of mine. The first one's called Last Church on the Left. Then we're going to go into um, another tune of mine called Toga's in the Cold. Then we're going to go into a trad Irish tune.
Thank you. All right. Okay, I do four, actually. I got another song idea. You be you, baby. Okay, I'm going to be me. All right, I'm going to play now three tunes. Uh, the first one's one of mine. It's called the Cannonball Reel. Then after that, I'm going to go into a trad tune called Bridget's. And then after that, I'm going to go into another original tune of mine called uh, Carlos and Alley's. I'm going to say that once more because I had a hiccup. Okay, take two. Um, I'm now going to play three tunes of mine. The first one is called Cannonball, and that's a tune of mine. After that, it's going to be a trad tune called Bridget's. Then third tune is going to be a set of, and sorry, take three. Blah, 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 blah. First tune I'm going to play for you now is called Cannonball. The second tune is a trad tune called Bridget's. The third tune is one of mine. It's called Carlos and Alley's.
Thanks. Alright. Do blast tunes now. Um, first one's called Russian Lullaby. I learned this song in like grade four. We'd all I went to the base school and uh, every every Friday we'd all get together and we'd all sing. And uh, this is one of the songs that I learned to sing. You can feel free to sing it at home. There's absolutely no lyrics to it, so uh, that makes that easy. And um, after that, I'm going to play you a tune from Brittany. It's called Gavat. After that, is there going to be another tune? Yes, it's going to be um, another tune of mine. It's called The Killers of Fun. After that, a tune called Atlas Obscura, and maybe something else there, too. So, thank you.
Hi, everybody, and welcome back to A View from 32. We thought this episode we'd actually give you a view of the 1932 Criterion Theater. Old George McKay would be very proud. I do want to catch you up on a, a little bit of what we're doing here while we are in these quiet times. I can tell you that we're building in a whole new bathroom suite, a beautiful shower, vanity, toilet selection there for the, for the talent that comes through. The, the band's always in their riders, their contract riders, have always asked, is there a shower in the venue? And I've always said, no, there is no shower in the venue. So we've had to work that out in other ways. And now we're going to be able to offer a beautiful, fully tricked out green room experience to our wonderful acts when we get them back. As we're coming up the aisle here, I did want to point out to you this bit here. This is an aisle light. This is the end of aisle. And these were hand cast and made exclusively for the theater, installed in 1932. This bank of aisle lights still predominantly works. I take them apart, I put in the very appropriate little itty-bitty bulb, and I put them back together again, very gently. Everything we work with in here is an antique, and we love that. Also included with the bathroom project, we've done various upgrades to electric panels, we've done a little bit of plumbing work, a couple of fixes here and there. We're very excited. We're going to be so ready for the next group of acts to come through because we love this theater. And I know that the talent that has played here, they can't wait to get back. I miss the Whalers starting out this summer, I'll tell you that much. So in that, I do have a poetry selection for us today, and it is about the theater. It's called Playing the Part. It's a fairly recent poem. This was just written three years ago by a gal by the name of Elijah Jean. Eliza Jean, I wanna get that right. And this poem is called Playing the Part. Theater is my second home, and I have seen it all. Smiling, accepting accolades from balcony to stall. Most come up the hard way, waiting in the wings, when all we got was understudy, standby, even swings. Parked on life's hard shoulder, the world went swiftly past, waiting for someone else's shoes to play a leading part. Some catastrophic happening could bring you center stage so you learnt the words obsessively, every lengthy page. So many lines learnt lovingly, if never to be spoken, missing the applause and props, watching from the side, character a mean token. The ever-loyal true plan B, hiding the thoughts they'd love to speak but always have to hide, dreaming some dreadful accident, spinning evil curses, might her legs just crumple up in the midst of a vital verse. No way to get a chance to play. Could anything be more tragic? Dumped on the sidelines, doomed to watch whilst others spin the magic. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Has to be someone's fate. So many years going flying by. Success might come too late. Yet, many a star began this way, learning the skills of their trade. Play the part of the standby. Your future just could be made. Thank you so much. We hope you appreciate this. We sure do. I appreciate the opportunity to let us reach out to you. We're going to keep it coming. Please get in touch with us at CriterionTheater.org. That's T-R-E dot org. 
Let us know how you're doing. Let us know what you're doing. How are you amusing yourselves in these crazy days? You come to us, we'll come to you. Thank you so much. This has been A View from 32.